When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Going to come back to the near side. Pick six. Welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And no Colt. No Colt Almodova. Uh, if my sources are correct, he's at a Hawaiian-related activity, which honestly we should have guessed. Yep. But uh, no surprise. Still two-thirds of the Pacific Point of View here uh, together, and we'll get things started off with our surprises from Week Four. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Daddy? <laughs> If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. All right, uh, week four, uh, I've got probably the longest surprise of the entire show's run, but I'll let you go first. All right, so how about those Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders going into Miami and upsetting the 25th-ranked Hurricanes 45-31 to As a 25-and-a-half-point underdog. Unreal. And as an ASU fan who just watched my team get dismantled by Eastern Michigan a couple weeks ago, this made me feel a lot better. The Blue Raiders never trailed in the game. They forced three turnovers on each of Miami's first three drives. Unreal. And just completely dominated every phase of the game. Their quarterback, Chase England, I think is his name, or England, threw for over 400 yards and three tutties. Tyler Van Dyke at Miami, who we thought was like a sneaky dark horse Heisman contender, gets benched for Jake Garcia uh, at some point in the second half. And the best part of all of this is Middle Tennessee's head coach, Rick Stockstill, did not live this down. You already know this meant so much to him. He played at Florida State, so he's familiar with, you know, what it's like to play Miami. He had one of the best quotes of the year. Speaking about Miami, he said they averaged 1.6 yards per carry and they gave us $1.5 million. That is just such an ice cold quote. And uh, gosh, the Hurricanes, downhill fast. Miami, it's it's gut check time. They got a tough matchup against UNC coming up. And man, I, I was shocked to see that result. I mean, it's it, it was reminiscent of that Marshall upset over Notre Dame where the underdog didn't just win but dominated the mm-hmm. game. And so here here it comes, the, the longest surprise segment of the entire year. Let's hear it. Um, I'm going to try and get this out as quickly as possible. 
Take your time. We don't have Colt here today. That's true. That's true. All logic went out the window this weekend. I'm just going to go down a list of things that happened this weekend, and it just gets unreal. Texas was up 14 with the ball, and late in the third quarter, they lost to Texas Tech in overtime. Auburn, Missouri. I don't even know where to start with this game. Brian Harson was told he would be fired if he lost that game, and he was inches away from losing not once, not twice, not three times, but four times on a missed field goal by Missouri, on an interception in overtime, on a missed field goal by Auburn that was overturned by an offsides, and by a fumble out of the back of the end zone. Four times! He was inches away. App State lost to James Madison. They were up 28-3. to three. Uh, East Carolina lost to Navy after looking amazing to start the year. Washington State lost a 12-point lead with... Four minutes left in the game versus Oregon. Wake Forest put up 45, but DJ Uyakalele put up <laughs> Out 51. of nowhere. What did the Oregon State led for 49 minutes of game time and lost? That hurt my heart more than the rest of them. Kansas State beats Oklahoma Norman. Tulane lost to Southern Miss after pulling off an upset. Troy beat Marshall. Marshall had beat Notre Dame earlier this year. Northwestern lost their third straight home game to Miami of Ohio. ULM beat Louisiana for the first time in like seven years. Tennessee was up 17 with four minutes left against Florida, and that game came down to a Hail Mary, and Kansas is 4-0. What a time to be alive. <laughs> and My I mean, goodness. I, that, that was just the most beautiful weekend, and it feels like the season may be on track for another bizarre season. Yeah. That, uh, how weird. And another, I don't know if you mentioned it. Stephen F. Austin dropped 98 points yeah, down I in the FCS. And then I didn't even mention on that the Middle Tennessee State upset, which is just another cherry on top of the insane, the insanity. But uh, with that surprise segment in the books, uh, let's go ahead and talk about who was eating their Wheaties. Better get your whole grain. I better eat my Wheaties. Uh, some really, really good performances in the Pac-12 this week. Hayden, who was eating their Wheaties? Yeah, I'm going to shout out USC running back Travis Dye. Still a little weird. USC running back, yeah, Travis Dye. Just doesn't sit right. But uh, he balled out against his uh, former in-state rival, Oregon State. Rushed for 133 yards and a touchdown in USC's three-point win over the Beavs. And Dye averaged seven yards per carry, which is pretty impressive going up against a talented Oregon State D-line. Yeah, Colt's not here, but he's going to be here in spirit because we have his Wheaties player, um, Wayne okay. Talapapa, who's a uh, Hawaiian all right. Uh, obviously, <laughs> yep. he ran for like a buck fifty, I think, a couple touchdowns, pretty key in uh, Washington's victory over Stanford. I want to shout out another USC guy because honestly, even though we lost USC game recognized game, Eric Gentry. I believe he also transferred to USC this off season. He had eight yep. tackles, a pick, and a quarterback hurry that led to a pick, a tackle for loss, and a pass deflection. He was all over the field and. Caused two pretty big turnovers in that Oregon State game. Yeah, uh, Eric Gentry. That was that was one of the toughest losses for ASU this offseason. Oh, he was an ASU yeah, guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a freshman All American last year. Wow, I don't know yeah. how that slipped my mind. I just I just saw that guy. I, he did look familiar. I was like, uh-huh. where have I seen that guy before? But mm-hmm. yeah, that's a big loss for ASU. Um, Jaden Ott is the guy though. I think he's probably the player of the the week in the conference. Nineteen carries, two hundred and seventy four yards, three touchdowns. There was indeed no pity for the kitty in the Cal-Arizona game. Uh, but as we know, with, with every player that's making the right decisions and eating their Wheaties, uh, there's a guy making the wrong decisions and eating his Fruit Loops. And who is eating their Fruit Loops? Uh, this pains me to say this, but I'm going to go with Emery Jones. He just 
never really looked comfortable against Utah. And I'm going to come out and say Utah, that is one of the best defenses in the conference. No shame in eating your Fruit Loops against Utah. Just the, the stats weren't good. He was uh, 21 for 36 for 261 with the touchdown, but had a couple really bad interceptions, got sacked five times. Just looked like he wasn't reading the field very well. He missed some open guys, made some really poor throws, and I still think he's taking way too much damage. He's he's getting hit. Yeah. He's not sliding. He doesn't slide like Jaden used to. Yeah, it just it, it makes me a little uneasy because the quarterback depth at ASU is not great, and Emery is clearly the guy. He's the most talented guy mm. in the QB room. So gotta keep him healthy. Uh, O-line, of course, you could throw them in there as well. O-line got cooked, and uh, there's just a lot of problems up front for the Devils and on offense. Not looking pretty, but uh, the fall guy here is going to be Emery Jones, the quarterback. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Utah's the type of team that can expose flaws um, in any team. Uh, I failed to get Colts Fruit Loop guy, so that sucks for that, but I'm I'm sure it was a fantastic thing he had queued up. Uh, My Fruit Loops player of the week, it's going to be Nakia Watson. He's a running back for Washington State. Uh, he's not their only running back they use, but he got the bulk of the carries. 12 carries for 36 yards and a touchdown. And I don't know if this falls in the coaching staff, but I'm going to put it on Watson because, like I said earlier in my long surprise take, Washington State was up 12 with four minutes left, and they couldn't salt the game away. Mm-hmm. And that was in large part to their inability to run the football. They weren't comfortable running out the game. If you give a competent running team a 12-point lead with four minutes left, and even a four-point lead after the Ducks had scored with three minutes left, you can milk the game away and win Mm -hmm. that game. And that's all it takes. But for Washington State, they just couldn't do it. So they blew their lead, and the Ducks survive in Pullman. But let's take a step back and look at the big picture. We got week five. We got a new AP poll. Yeah, a couple things stuck out to me. Uh, Why is Kansas not in there? I mean, come on. The Jayhawks, they beat a quality Houston team who came into the year as, you know, the sleeper Group 5 playoff team. Jayhawks took care of them. They've beaten two Power 5 opponents, Duke and West Virginia. I mean, the re- the resume's there. It is. Oh, and the other win, they beat Tennessee Tech like 56-10. to 10. Took care Jayhawks of absolutely should be in there. And uh, not sure why Georgia's still at one after just a really sleepy performance against Kent State. Yeah. 39-22, to 22, not very impressive. You know, if you take a look at Alabama's bad win, if you will, the one-point win at Texas, that seems like a better win than what Georgia just did. I would agree. So, I, you know, I, I would put Bama at one, but, um, th- I mean, that's not the end of the world. And, and the last thing I'll say, and I said it last week, I'll say it again, you just love to see the Pac-12 getting some love. Four teams in the top 15, SC in there at six, the Utes at 12, the Ducks at 13, and UW there at 15. Love to see the Washington love, especially. Uh, it kind of feels like in years past, they'd still be down in the 20s, like 19, 18. But they're, they're clearly a top 15 team, especially uh, the way they've played this season. Yeah. Um, also, Washington State and Oregon State both getting votes. So that's really yep. six Pac-12 teams in, in the top 30, mm-hmm. um, which is something that could not be said about past iterations of this conference. UCLA as well. UCLA's in there, They're really. They're getting three votes. Okay, how about... So, really, we've got seven in the top, like, 35. Yep. That's pretty good. It's more than half the conference. Um, with the AP poll, I get exhausted from talking about stuff I don't like, so I'll just say some things I do like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate USC being shown some respect 
Um, they they acknowledge that Corvallis is a tough place to play, and even though USC only won by three, USC went up a spot. I, I appreciate that by the AP poll, uh, even if it's not deliberate and it's a hundred guys doing. You know, I we've talked about the AP poll. It's like beating a dead horse. Um, Minnesota being ranked, the right move. Minnesota took a team, a really good program on the road, Michigan State, and made them probably question Mel Tucker's contract. Mm-hmm. So uh, impressive win for Minnesota. Rightfully so, they're in the top 25. Uh, another Power 5 coach has been fired. It's the third one this year already. Jeff Collins, fired from Georgia Tech. Um, potential candidates for this job? Deion Sanders has to be the top choice for Georgia Tech. Deion Sanders in Mississippi right now, Jackson State. He knows the South. It seems like a good fit. You put Deion Sanders in Atlanta. That's yeah. an upgrade over Jackson, Mississippi. That's a huge understatement, by the way. <laughs> I, I think Deion Sanders could do some good things at Georgia Tech. I know ASU fans are kind of clamoring for him right now, but I think Georgia Tech is the slightly better job right now. Uh, so I think Deion Sanders, from the outside looking in, would appear to be the top choice. Other names, you know, Tom Herman, Dan Mullen, those are kind of the top True. retreads, if you will, on the market. And a sneaky good name, well, not sneaky, but a good name for Georgia Tech. You know, I'll let you get yours in, Budge. I've already said three. I'll let you. I'll let you fire one off. You know, for for Georgia Tech, I I think Dion. Dion was probably at the top of my list as well, as okay. far as guys that just make more sense than mm-hmm. the other jobs and the other names he's been thrown out to. What I just want to say about Georgia Tech is, I think this is probably one of the most underrated jobs in the country. You've got a Power Five job. You've got Georgia recruiting right there all around you, which Georgia actually is the Bulldogs, is are notorious under Kirby Smart for recruiting out of state mm-hmm. very well and not worrying as much about Georgia. So for Georgia Tech, you've got a huge opportunity to get to those guys that maybe Georgia lets slip through the cracks because they're more worried about guys in California and Texas. Um, you get to play in a wide-open division. I'm sure the ACC will fix that in the next few years, but for now, look mm-hmm. at that. What is it? The Atlantic Division? Yeah. Wide open right now. Um, And expectations are low at Georgia Tech. Are you kidding me? Jeff Collins was held on to four years longer than he would have been in Nebraska, and I think he was only there for four years. So I just think it's an underrated job, and that's honestly the the two cents I wanted to put in. But it sounded like you had another name out there. Yeah, and I was going to go with Todd Munkin, Georgia's offensive coordinator. He would be crossing enemy lines, obviously, but... That seems like it would be a good fit as well. He plays Georgia Tech every year. Seems like he un- would understand that job and, and what it entails, what it takes to be successful. Um, he's a great X's and O's coach. Obviously, Georgia's offense has looked absolutely unstoppable at times this year. And the kicker for me is that he developed Stetson Bennett out of, you yep. know, uh, took a very low profile quarterback and developed him into a Heisman contender and national championship caliber QB. So I think Todd Munkin would be a good choice. Of course, it could be a tough sell with some of those, you know, diehard, no no UGA people there at GT. But if I were the Yellow Jackets, I would would take Todd Munkin in a heartbeat. Yeah, I agree. I think that'd be a great hire. And yeah, you just look at what he's done um, at Georgia. I mean, and Dan Lanning... You know, after a shaky start to the season, I won't. Mm-hmm. He, it's starting to look pretty good. I mean, yeah. There were some doubts there because he had never coached a team before. I don't know if Monken has to- coached a team before. I'm um, not sure. But those things tend to work out. 
Um, we're in the thick of the season now, and we've gotten a feel for some of those top contenders. How have you kind of reframed your playoff? Who's your four looking at it now? All right, so I definitely think we will see Georgia and Bama there at the end. It's unfortunate. I know. I, I don't want to see it. Nobody really wants to see it unless you're a, a Bama or Georgia fan. But I think those two teams are going to either be undefeated going into the SEC championship game or one of them will have one loss. And then they'll beat the And they actually. will beat the undefeated team. So, you know, I think we're going to get that. Year, yeah. And then Ohio State, you know, I think the Buckeyes will, will, will get in there, probably go undefeated. But the team I'm excited about, even though I'm – you grew up not liking this team, USC. I think USC has the means to get there. You look at their schedule, They, aside from Utah, they should probably be favored in every game this year. So you take a, a potentially 12-1 USC, if not 13-0, uh, that's, yeah. that's a great case for a playoff team. And, and USC is going to need – I'll take a step back here. What's helping USC – or any Pac-12 contenders, how good the top of the Pac-12 is this year. Because in the past, as you know, the Pac-12 has been so, I guess, middle-heavy, if you will. Yeah. So many good 7-5, and 8-4 and four teams. But this year, it seems like we've got three, four teams that are going to win 10 games. So that's really going to help USC. And, uh, yeah, I think the Trojans are going to get it done. And I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say they're going to run the table. Wow. For now, for wow. now. Okay. I'm going to okay. say they're going to run the table. Is that some Obviously, bulletin board material? It might be. It might be. I think USC, that Oregon State game, I think, was one of two games I had circled Same. on that schedule Same. as a potential loss for them. I mean, that's what I that was going to be my point is USC is kind of past their one of their biggest hurdles in the season. Right. Already. And, of course, Utah the, being the other one. And even if they lose to Utah, there's a good chance – they will be able to avenge that loss later on in the season, of course, with the divisions being gone in the Pac-12. Which is so, so good for Pac-12 this year. It's aged so oh, well. It's that USC-Utah Pac-12 championship would, would go hard. Um, yeah, Ohio State, I think, is going to not lose a game. If they do lose a game, I think it'll either be at Penn State or maybe Michigan nabs them again. But I don't think they're, I see a way where they lose two games. And I sure as heck don't see a way they lose the Big Ten championship game. Um, Georgia, I think, is in. I don't think Georgia loses another game. USC, I also have in. Um, Cole gave me his playoff, actually. He has Georgia, Ohio State, USC as well. And then he has Michigan as his fourth. So he's high okay. in Michigan. I think he's got Michigan losing to the Buckeyes, making it 11-1. Uh, my fourth team, uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go back with NC State. I flipped wow. back to NC State. <laughs> um, it's scary to pick that because that division they're in looks very, very deadly. But... Um, I've just got a good feeling about the Wolfpack this year. Um, and then, yeah, with USC, I think they probably will lose in Salt Lake. And then I think they get revenge in the Pac-12 championship game. But that's going to be the playoff I roll with right now. Okay. So, uh, Trust USC, me, I, I'd love to see a new face in there. I agree. By USC all means. is a new face, too, though. So That's true. And we all picked them, so we'll see how badly we just jinx them. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Bama, I, I've, I've got some reasons for Bama. But maybe we'll come across them in our week five picks. Um, we'll start with... Col Wait, is this college game day? Is College game day is oh, in Clemson. Was. Sorry, I got it mixed up with uh, the Josh Pate, the late kick tour. Or whatever. Yeah. They, they go on a tour. This game is the game they're going to. Number seven, Kentucky, at number 14, Ole Miss. This is a great game. Will Levis uh, at Kentucky has been playing out of his mind. 
The Wildcats have a fantastic passing game, but they're a little one-dimensional, averaging, I believe, 2.4 yards per carry. Yeah. That's not great. Ole Miss, much more balanced uh, attack offensively with Jackson Dart at quarterback and a very good stable of running backs as well. Uh, Kentucky thrives on stopping the run, but I think that's going to give Ole Miss an opportunity to get some play action going, and I believe the Rebels will hit enough big plays, and they're going to win a really close decision here against Kentucky. Okay, okay, we're going to have some discourse here because I think Kentucky finally gets it together. I think they figure it out. I think they go on the road, and I think they beat Ole Miss. And for even though I love Lane Kiffin, for some reason on this show I've I've developed a tendency to pick against him, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, but I'm going to stick with it. I think Kentucky goes on the road. I mean, the Ole Miss home field advantage, maybe we'll see if the fans show up this game, but I saw a clip from Lane Kiffin talking about it, about how he's disappointed in the fans. They weren't yeah. showing up as, as well as he wanted. Um I think it's going to be a great game. Both these teams have had moments this year where you've been like, eh, is, uh-huh. that, is that a top 10 team? Is that a top 15 team? Um, but we'll certainly learn a lot about both these teams uh, come Saturday. And I also think Kentucky's more battle-tested. Road game at Florida earlier this year, that was a gutsy win by Kentucky. Um, so I've got Kentucky. Colt picked Ole Miss. I think okay. it's because of Jackson Dart. He likes the eye paint that Jackson mm-hmm. Dart wears. Uh, <laughs> next up, we've got number two Alabama traveling to play a... Arkansas team that is just reeling after the the oink doink. Yeah, um, it's been a rough couple of weeks for Arkansas, who uh, before the oink doink got taken to the wire by Missouri <laughs> State, led by this is a blast from the past Utah quarterback Jason Shelley. Do you remember Jason Shelley? That name sounds so familiar. Okay, he was I forget who he backed up. Huntley, it was probably. probably Huntley. Yeah, but Jason Shelley that was a, that was a name, and of course. Uh, his name's escaping me, the coach, Petrino. Yep, Bobby Petrino. Yes, Bobby Petrino. Uh, so Arkansas, it's been, a, it's been a tough couple of weeks for them, to say the least. And Alabama, ever since the, the scare against Texas, they have just they have rolled. Looked yeah. great against Vandy last week. Obviously a much tougher opponent here. This game could get a little sketchy early. It seems like Alabama doesn't have that bona fide star wide receiver that they usually have. Yeah. It seems like more of a, a committee approach, but uh, I think Alabama's going to get it rolling a little bit later in the game, though. It might be close at halftime, maybe even Arkansas leading at the half, but at the end of the day, Alabama's gonna, is going to pull through at the end and win this game by a couple of scores. Yeah, Colt also picked Alabama for this game. Um, I'm going to throw something at you. I'm going to throw a stat because I've been, I've been fishing for those stats recently. Uh, in these national picks, Alabama is is four and one in their last five true road games, which sounds good. Four and one. All right, that you know, one loss to Texas A and M. Of their four wins, not counting Texas A and M loss, right? That was their loss. They beat Texas by one at the start of the season. They won in overtime versus Auburn. That was a triple or quadruple overtime yep. game uh, we watched last year. And then they had a two point win in the swamp. Their only convincing win in those last five was a forty point win at Mississippi State. I think that something about Bama on the road, which they used to be awesome on the road, Mm -hmm. is broken. And I think it's been very, very close to getting exposed several times. A&M was able to expose it. And the Hogs coming off of a devastating loss like that? Woo pig! Whoa! I think think they exposed Bama's road woes. I think they take care of business. Um, And if Arkansas doesn't win, I'm picking Tennessee when Bama goes (laughs) to Tennessee. So, uh, woo pig. Wow. We'll ride with the Hogs. 
until I die. I love it. Um, I went three and two in national picks last week, so okay. this is my home run swing to to redeem myself. Um, next up, we have Oklahoma State. They're number nine now, quietly a top ten team. Mm-hmm. Um, at number sixteen, Baylor. Jeez, this is this is a close game. I think it boils down to one thing. Baylor is battle tested at this point in the season. They went into BYU. They lost uh, just – it was a gut-wrenching loss. Yeah. Close game. And that was, you know, maybe good for them, happening to them so early in the season and that it was a non-conference game. So it didn't really hurt them in the grand scheme True, of things. Still... Conversely, Oklahoma State has defeated Central Michigan, which – Despite getting off to a good start, the Chippewas had one of the craziest. I mean, they scored like 24, 31 unanswered points at the end of the game. It was crazy. They didn't play great against ASU. And based on what we've seen, ASU is not a good team this year. And then they just beat Arkansas Pine Bluff. So give me the Bears at home. The more battle-tested team, like I said, I was very impressed with their win against uh, Iowa State last week. I was I picked Baylor to win that game, but I was not confident. Uh, Dave Aranda proved me right, so uh, give me Baylor here. Colt also rocking with Dave Aranda. I think of course. Could have guessed that. Um, give me the Cowboys. Uh, this wow. this series between them has been ridiculously entertaining. It's bounced back and forth. Oklahoma State won the regular season last year. Baylor won the Big 12 championship. I think Oklahoma State wins one back. And um, with the state of the Big 12 this year, it could be a rematch of the conference championship again. Yes. Um I think it's going to be sloppy. I think it's going to be low scoring. And I like the Cowboys to win just a weird, nonsensical game on the road. Okay, here, here's bulletin board material. I think this is the Big 12 championship preview. These are my one and two teams in the Big 12. That might really not be a super hot take. Okay. But no, I, I think... I'm just not inspired by Texas. And uh, Oklahoma, I think, is going gonna, is gonna to go on a run here uh, down the stretch. They will be the clear number three team. But I think Oklahoma loses to one of the at least one of these two teams. Okay, we'll get that up on the bulletin board. You, you heard it here first, folks. Yep. Oklahoma State v. Baylor, Big 12 Championship 2022. Uh, Wake Forest, number 22 in the country, at number 23, Florida State. Hey, good for the Knolls. They're ranked. Yeah, how about that? 4-0. Although it kind of seems like they're undefeated. By kind of like smoke and mirrors, somehow they're yeah. some way they're four and zero. That LSU game was was absolutely absurd. I think that is, in my opinion, that's the number one game of the year still uh, to this point. Yep. Uh, maybe App State UNC would, would be up there as well. I, I put App State Troy just for okay. the manner in which okay. that ended. There's All been right. a ton of phenomenal games though. Auburn Missouri, you could throw up there too. Like there's been a unreal amount of games and, and and real quick again i'm going to take a step back the acc is trending up right now the acc is fun acc in the pac-12 being good is good for college football Agreed. especially uh, with realignment stuff yeah so i'll make this quick uh wake forest i i don't think they're going to lose back-to-back heartbreaking games i really am a believer in the demon deacons best sam h in north carolina gets it done let's do it uh, I would rock with Sam H, but I don't. I watched the Boston College Florida State game. That environment was the craziest it's been since the peak of Jimbo Florida State. Give me Florida State at home. I think Wake Forest loses another barn burner, high scoring. Um, but I mean, this Wake Forest team is going to be on a mission after this game. Um, sustaining two losses early, they're they're a really good team. So to be three and two is what it would be. Would be. Uh, 
not very fun mm-hmm. uh, for those fans. Colt also is rocking with Wake Forest, though, so I'm going to be the lone guy picking <laughs> the Seminoles. Uh, and now we're to college game day. A top 10 battle. Number 10 NC State travels to play number 5 Clemson. It's a battle of a really good quarterback in Devin Leary and DJ Uyunglele. I think I said that right. Uh, I think you got it. We who, don't have the Hawaiian to fact yeah, check us, but who really helped his stock last week? Uh, Clemson, the offense finally, finally comes to life, and uh, Clemson riding with a little bit of momentum here. Seems like even though Clemson's lost, only they were still a ten-win team last year, yeah. and they came into this year a top consensus top ten team. Just kind of felt like they were were kind of toiling a little bit. They weren't really. You know, they were kind of a sneaky playoff team, but no one was really excited about Clemson. Well, that win kind of, I think, should energize their fan base, get people pumped up about Clemson again. I know you're probably going to take NC State here, but uh, uh, give me the Tigers in uh, at Death Valley. I mean, yeah, I suppose I may have shown my hand with the playoff yeah. picks. I like NC State, and I like them on the road. Um, this game is going to be affected by that hurricane down oh, yes. in the southeast and i think that complements um nc state well because what ends the way nc state wins games versus the way clemson wins games clemson needs dj to be making plays in order for them to win and we saw that against wake forest the other factor i think that'll really factor in is dj just cooked wake forest defense he's going to be coming out overly confident i believe and his coaches are going to be like yes yeah, sling it and he's going to be trying to sling it in the wind against a way better defense in NC State. Yeah. I think he, the second DJ tries to do the things he did against Wake Forest against this elite NC State defense, the Wolfpack are going to make him pay. And honestly, I think this is one of those games where it just comes down to the bounce of a ball. And I just like the vibes NC State's bringing to the table this year. So I think they just win a wild, sloppy, windy, maybe rainy game. Uh, Colt also picked NC State. So All right. We'll see how well that ages. It's time for our upset picks. Let's let Colt uh, lead us off. He's got Mississippi State beating A&M, although Mississippi State is favored in this game. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how we'll count this. I'll probably give him a half an upset point right. if it hits. You know, I was actually going to pick that game until I saw that uh, I, until I saw that uh, Texas A&M was, was actually the underdog. Yeah. Which is really weird, uh, but v- hey, Vegas knows what they're doing. They do. So I'm going to pivot, and this one, I am, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I am not confident in this at all. There's very little substance to this okay. upset pick okay. other than Brian Harson is coaching for his life right now, yep. and I think Auburn's <laughs> going to beat LSU at home. Let's go. Uh, you know, LSU seems to be getting better each week. Jaden Daniels is playing pretty well. Auburn just has not clicked on offense yet. Their yep. strength was supposed to be the ground game with, with Tank Bigsby. Seems like he hasn't really been getting going yet. But mark my words, if Auburn can rush for at least 100 yards and score 24-plus points, they're going to win this football game. And uh, I'm going to say Jaden Daniels has an off night, and we know firsthand when he has an off night, it can be pr- pretty brutal it to watch, and it's a lot of three and outs, quick drives. So give me Auburn in a close, ugly, low-scoring game. I like that pick. I'm going to be rooting for Auburn because I, I just love the fact that he won in the manner he did after it leaked that, oh, yeah, he's fired if he loses this game. I want him to keep winning exactly like the way he won last night so the athletic directors 
get upset and the boosters get mad. That's going to be so funny. Um, my upset pick, Illinois over Wisconsin. I picked Illinois to go 6-2 and two in one of my bulletin board materials, and uh, I think Illinois has one loss right now. So I need them to win three of their next four, I believe, against – or no, no, no. Two of, yeah, three of their next four against Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska. Okay. It's going to be tough. They need this one because Minnesota looks really good. So yeah. uh, I'm just picking it for the sake of my bulletin board material. And you know what? Why not? Brett Bielema, pretty good squad. I think underrated. I got Illinois winning this game. And uh, that does it for our national predictions. Colt is not here, but he told us he loves his lock of chaos this week. He All said right. it's his favorite he's ever done. He's got Washington covering a two-and-a-half-point spread. The Huskies this week are going at UCLA. I think that's pretty pretty manageable. I could see it. He likes Kansas plus three against Iowa State. They host Iowa State, so we'll see if the Jayhawks can start five and zero. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, he likes Michigan minus ten and a half. The Wolverines. Who are they playing this week? Ooh, I. Uh, who are they playing? Michigan football. Hmm. They are at Indiana. Wow. Wait. No. 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 That's not it. Is it? No, this weekend is October 1st, right? So they're at Iowa. Ten and a half at Iowa. A little mm. risky, but maybe, you know, Colton knows something we don't. So his parlay comes down to Kansas money line. He thinks they win outright, which explains the plus three. He likes Indiana to cover a five and a half point spread, which, I don't know, football game. I don't even know who Indiana plays this weekend. They don't play Michigan. We know that. They play Nebraska, so he hate, he's just you know betting against Nebraska as a healthy thing. And then he likes Texas State plus 22. I'm not even going to bother looking up who they play, but I just guess right. take Colt's word for it. Um, I would say fade these picks because Colt hasn't hit a parlay yet. Um, <laughs> but we'll see if Colt listens back in the show and hears that comment. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's your lock of chaos. Um, let's get into our Pac-12 newsletter. We are around the time of the season where – teams begin looking at their head coaches and they begin evaluating, eh, is this is this the guy we want? How is he doing this season? Um, and with that, let's do some hot seat rankings. We'll start on the safe side of the spectrum. Ice cold seats, no warmth at all. Don't have to worry about anything. Should we go ahead and explain the tiers first before we get into this? Yeah. So, let's do that. So ice cold just essentially means um, no chance they get fired this season. Mm-hmm. So no chance to get fired. After ice cold, we're going to go up to lukewarm, which means unless a complete disaster happens this year, they'll be okay. Warming up means there's some reasons for this coach to be nervous, and uh, very feasibly, things go wrong, they're done. And then there's the hot seat, which means they're getting fired soon. Um, So let's talk about ice cold. I'll throw out the first name, and uh, we'll see if you also have them on the ice cold. Uh, Jonathan Smith. Absolutely. No yeah. reason, absolutely no reason he uh, should be worried about his job. He's done such a good job at Oregon State. Plus, he's a, he's an alum. Yep. He's about as safe as it gets. I would agree. Um, I mean, yeah, Jonathan Smith, the team just looks better. They're way more fun to watch than they have been in a long time. And obviously, the game against USC, very close, very competitive. You can't complain about that. Uh, next, we have Kyle Whittingham. Ice cold. Also ice cold, yep. I would agree. However... I know we kind of hit on it last season, and he is in his 18th year at Utah. They might want to start looking. Are they going to go with a a contingency plan? Are they going to hand it off to Morgan Scally, their defensive coordinator? Because 
you know, odds are Wit is not going to be there for another 10 years. So yeah, what's agree. the next move? Whatever it is, I'm sure they'll have something figured out. Crazy to think, though, that Whittingham was on Urban Meyer's staff. So they technically yeah. haven't made an outside hire in well over 20 years, which is crazy. That's true. I mean, smart of the youths. It's worked out for him. Uh, another guy I have on ice cold, Dan Lanning. Yeah, and, and for that matter, I'm just going to go out. All the new coaches, so Dan Lanning, DeBoer. technically Jake Dickert, DeBoer, Lincoln Riley, yep. Ice Cold. I would say Ice Cold for all those guys as well. Okay. Um, and then the last guy I have on Ice Cold is Jetfish. Really? Yeah. Okay. I do. do, you, do you uh, have I have him, him in a different tier. Okay. I've, I, I'll, I'll, I'll explain, save that for yeah, later. I'll explain why he's on my Ice Cold. I just think the expectations were so, so low for Arizona and it coming off a one-win season, the fact that he didn't really feel any heat during that one-win season, the fact that they were able to overachieve and win a few games, pretty good. The mm -hmm. fact that they lost to Cal, I just I don't think that their expectations have risen to the point where they're saying we can't be losing to Cal because it's right. like it's too fresh in the mind where they just were. Mm -hmm. So I'd say he wins one to two more games this year. There shouldn't be any rumblings if he goes two and ten and they don't win a conference game. I think you could see him move to lukewarm or heating up. Okay, and I have one more name for Ice Cold, Sean Aguano. Just for this season, ASU's not going to fire. You you, you don't agree, fire yeah. an interim coach. They're not. Even if ASU loses every game the rest of the season by 20-plus points, he's going to be the guy for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I honestly didn't even have Aguano on here because I was like, yeah. there's you know, there, it's not. It's a unique situation. Um, we got a lukewarm. Okay, I've got a couple of guys in this tier. Jed Fish, okay, kind of for the reason you mentioned, he's uh, the lower guy on this list. Okay, but um, if he goes two and ten, he could get fired. If if it boils down to U of A with the talent on this roster loses out and loses to a an inf they lose to Colorado and ASU on Ugh, the schedule, that would be the worst. You kind of get the sense U of A might be thinking, are we really sure this is the guy? Yeah, he brought the talent here, but hey, we should have won at least four games. We beat North Dakota State, San Diego State. I'm not saying he would get fired if they went 2-10, and 10, but I think he, he, he would be on one of the hottest seats in the country Next if he loses out. Yeah. And the other name I have is Chip Kelly, who... Uh, did, did you have Chip in I your... I do not have Chip in this tier. Okay, okay. So I'll explain so, when we get to heating up. Did Chip... I feel like Chip just got an extension. Did he not? Um, I think he did recently. He got like a two-year extension, okay. like a little baby extension on the end of his contract. Let me so, let me. So this is that. another par for the course. Chip Kelly, UCLA, start to the season. They have never looked good in non-conference play, uh, exception being last year when they knocked off LSU. But for some reason, he's just really underachieved. With the Bruins. For yeah. whatever reason it is, he can't get the fan base to come to the games. Even though this UCLA team is better than the later years of Jim Mora, I feel like the fan base is less excited. There is less energy I agree. right now surrounding UCLA football than there ever has been in this recent memory. Empty. It's just so bare. It's just there's no excitement, no energy. The program feels stagnant. Yes, they're 4-0. Yes, they're receiving votes. Are they going to go to a bowl game? They better. Uh, but it just kind of feels like even if they finish the year 7-5, and five, it's like 
What have you cares? done for us, Chip? Who cares? The most exciting thing that happened to UCLA is going to the Big Ten, honestly. Um, I'll move Chip Kelly back to lukewarm. I forgot about the extension. I think that makes him a little less warm on the yeah. on the seat region. Um, another guy I have in lukewarm, Justin Wilcox. Okay. Um, I, I have him have... a little bit up, but I'll let you explain. Okay. I, I have him there. I said he could easily move to heating up, but I put him in lukewarm because that win against Arizona, emphatic win. Very impressive. Um, and the type of game that... Cal typically loses, I feel like, where mm. it's they enter conference play and they immediately fall on their face, typically. But I've got Wilcox there. Um, that's the last of my guys in the lukewarm tier. All right. I've got Wilcox heating up. Heating up. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those deals where you could put him in lukewarm, but his seat feels a little bit hotter than Fish and Chip Kelly. It could flip on a dime, It too. could flip All on a dime. Yeah, one bad loss. And one bad loss, and on the contrary, I feel like if Cal goes eight and four this year, you can take his name off there. I would agree because then they've made that next step. They right. haven't been making. It, it's it's been a very slow progression for the Golden Bears under Justin Wilcox, and very similar to ASU, they've had opportunities to take a huge leap forward. They've had opportunities to be a number one or number two contender in the North. I remember the COVID year. Yeah. We we were picking Cal to win the North that year. That seemed like, or it's at true. least I was. You were. I was. <laughs> um, but that was like, that was their year. And then uh, did they win, what, one game that COVID season? I mean, I know you can kind of throw those results out. But yeah. bottom line is, similar to Chip Kelly, I feel like Justin Wilcox has kind of underachieved at Cal. And uh, it just, yeah. uh, patience has got to be wearing thin. Similar to UCLA as well. Just very little excitement around that program. I feel like at least under Sonny Dykes and when Cal had Jared Goff, that was an exciting brand of football. They were getting in shootouts, mm-hmm. putting up 50-plus points. But uh, this year, Jaden Ott is going to be their saving grace, and I think Wilcox will not get fired just yet. I would agree. Ott, electric. Uh, heating up, I have David Shaw. Okay. I actually completely forgot David Shaw. Oh, well, where, I totally forgot where, about David Shaw. Where would you put David Shaw? Somewhere in between ice cold and lukewarm. It it seems weird to put him in ice cold. But for some reason, and I, I continue to see this, Stanford fans believe David Shaw is is never going to get fired. Yeah. Which seems no, I, weird to me. It. I mean, I, I guess he's had so much success there, but... It, they're so far removed from the Harbaugh days yeah. and, the, and the early days of Shaw with Kevin Hogan and uh, Andrew Luck and stuff. In my opinion, I think it'll be a Gary Patterson end to him for him. Yeah. And I think it could happen in any of these next few seasons from one to three seasons from now. I just think it'll be a, a mutually agree. I don't think by any means he'll be unceremoniously fired, especially midseason. Right. It'll be an end of season. So that's I put him in heating up because I'm like, I feel like the rumblings for that have increased as each year has gone by. And while I'll, while Stanford is a more academic institution, I feel like eventually they've got to pull the trigger on that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, did you have anyone else in heating up? No. All right. So that leaves our one and only in the hot seat, Carl Doral. Carl Doral. <laughs> the one-time Pac-12 coach of the year, Carl Doral. Yeah, from 2020. I mean, Colorado just looks awful. There is nothing going on there. This right is this brand of Colorado football. This is like the John Embry Colorado when they first joined 
this is like the pre-Cepho Lufau Colorado. Yep. This is this is a bad football team and arguably the worst Power Five team in the country. Granted, they have had a very tough schedule to this point. Sure. However, what they they don't have a quarterback. They lost everybody in the transfer portal. Yep. I don't know. They just have absolutely nothing going for them. I don't think Carl Doral is going to be able to turn it around. Colorado desperately needs, similar to ASU, they need a breath of fresh air. They need to move on from Carl. I feel like he probably, I don't think he's going to survive the season. I absolutely I think he will be fired at some point. It's a miracle he's lasted this long. It really, it really it is. He just, he's, yeah, I think he is the clear cut number one guy on the hot seat in the Pac-12. Right you are. Um, yeah, there's nothing more that can be said about him that hasn't already been said. He will not be coaching for Colorado quite soon, I'm afraid. Let's get to our Week 5 Pac-12 predictions. We have a game, I believe, on Friday night. Number 15, Washington, traveling to play UCLA in the empty stadium of the Rose Bowl. Yeah, Michael Penix Jr. and the Huskies Ooh. are riding high right now. I actually think Washington is going to thump UCLA. Yes, UCLA looked good against Colorado last Whoa. week, but it was Colorado, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, the Huskies, I said it last week, I think they're the most improved team in the Pac-12. Of course, next it's Washington and USC. Clear yeah. cut, 1A, 1B. The Huskies are so exciting this year. They look like the Huskies of old. You could mistake this for a Chris Peterson team. Give me the dogs to win uh, in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, um, I'm also taking the dogs. Colt also took Washington, so we got a clean sweep of big W's on that um, list. And honestly, yeah, it just comes down to Washington just has looked really impressive this year. I don't understand why the spread is so small in this game. I like that lock by Colt. Um, like what's, what's UCLA's home field advantage? We'll see what DTR can do. This will be a game I'm definitely tuning into Friday oh, night. Yeah. It'll be a fun game, I think, regardless. Watching Phoenix cook. Um, Phoenix for Heisman, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Fun quarterback matchup. Fantastic quarterback matchup. Pac-12 quarterback play this year has been very fun to watch. Um, next up, we have a game I will be at in Salt Lake City. We have Oregon State at number 12, Utah. All right. So are you excited? I am, I'm very excited. Honestly, one of the things that helped me get over the devastating, heart-crushing, gut-wrenching Oregon State loss at USC, or hosting USC, was knowing, oh, I'll get to be in person at the next game. It's actually the first Oregon State game I'll be at since, like, 2017. Whoa. Like, and, uh, like last time I was there, our quarterback was Seth Collins, and we got beat by <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Uh, it was a while ago. The Ryan Nall days, right? Yep. Was Ryan uh, Nall that on that team? Slightly pre-Ryan Nall, I think he may have been on the team. He was probably redshirting that year. But okay. That Bolden was, year... was Victor Bolden, or was it Victor Bolden? It was Victor Bolden. Was yes. he on that team? Okay, Victor he was Bolden. a wide receiver, but yeah, he was good. Okay, he was so... not good. I did not like him. Really? I, I he fumbled oh. the ball at least four times a year. It felt he, like. he killed ASU in uh, 2014. Whatever it was. was, Sean Mannion to Bolden, that was a killer. That was that was the year that Cooks left, and Mannion was just throwing to a bunch of nobody's yep. Victor Bolden being one of them but uh yeah all right back on track yeah, back uh to... Oregon State is they showed last year they are one of the teams in this conference built to hang with Utah very similar brand of football being played uh very physical football teams however is Utah going to lose to the same team two years in a row? I don't think so. This year kind of has like a revenge tour kind of feel for it for Utah, yeah. even though they won the conference last year. 
The Utes just keep getting better every week. They looked great against ASU last week, took care of business. Oregon State, their stock is up after playing USC tough. It's going to be a really fantastic game. I'm so excited for it. But I got to give the slight edge to the home team here in the Utah Utes. Yeah, I uh, Colt has Utah picked. I'm also going to pick Utah. I think Jonathan Smith has the game plan in place to keep this game close, just as he did against USC. And I think it's going to come down to a few big plays at the end. I think Rising's probably going to make some crazy play with his legs. The more the season goes on, the more I just look at that Utah-Florida game and I go, how, how, how did Florida pull that upset in the swamp? It just shows you the effect that those road environments can have. Um, but I like Utah in this game. I'm going to be cheering for my beeves the whole time. But uh, I-, I think it'll be a great game as well, one of the games of the week. Uh, next up, we have California traveling to play Washington State in Pullman. This is another sneaky good game. Jaden yeah. Ott is probably running away with Pac-12 freshman of the year, at least on offense right now. He's in the running for player of the year. Yeah, I mean, so. Cal, Cal's, they're getting there. They, they, they had an impressive win against U of A, obviously, last week. Washington State has looked like one of the best teams in the conference uh, to this point in the season. They were right there against Oregon. Agreed. But just absolutely choked uh, and in such an egregious manner, which is why I don't think they lose this game. I think they they bounce back. They say, hey, we had a chance to win. We were right there. We should have won that game. But, hey, let's not lose two in a row. Let's go beat Cal. We're right back on track. We still have everything we, we want ahead of us. Give me the Cougs here. Yeah, Colt also picked Washington State. My line of logic goes like this. Uh, the Pac-12 is weird. That's the first thing. Second thing, Washington State beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin has since looked like a not good team. Um, Oregon beat BYU and got crushed by Georgia. BYU has looked all right since then. They haven't done anything to blow me away. Washington State chokes and loses to Oregon. I think Cal beats Washington State on the road, and I think uh, it's Washington State has looked good. However, Cam Ward's been too inconsistent. And I don't know, I just feel like Jay Knott might might pull another hat trick out. Um, and and Cal pulls off a stunner here in Pullman. Uh, next up, we have Colorado traveling to play Arizona. Colt obviously has picked Arizona. Right. You know, Colorado, even if they were a good football team, they just have never played U of A well. Hmm. The Wildcats have always had their number. No reason to think the Buffs spring an upset here. Will it be McCown at quarterback? Maybe. Can Colorado keep this within three touchdowns? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we'll see. But I like the Wildcats to win this game convincingly. Arizona's defense got exposed last week for being as bad as it was last year. Yeah. Uh, but their offense is much improved. I think Arizona wins this game, and they already hit their over for their over-under win total in the preseason, which is pretty absurd. Um, next up, we have Arizona State. Traveling to play number six, USC. Hey, the blueprint is there to keep the game competitive versus USC. Yeah, it is. But ASU is absolutely depleted right now. Emotionally, physically, key, the Markham brothers uh, who are defensive backs, they're, I believe, no longer with the team or they're at least ah. they stepped away. I think Omar Norman Lott is going to be hurt, one of our best defensive linemen. This game is just, it's going to get ugly fast, I think. Uh, I, I really think this is going to be a, an ugly loss for ASU. But who knows? If the Sun Devils can keep it close, which they tend to do against better teams, you rarely see ASU get absolutely blown out like they did last week. Um, 
I, I think USC is going to win this game convincingly. Yeah, Colt picked USC as well. I'm also going to rock with USC in this game. Um, man, if if USC was playing anyone else this week, uh, not necessarily anyone else, Colorado and Stanford still exist, but another Pac-12 team other than those three, uh, I would be looking for an upset pick here because the way they had to win that game against Oregon State, that was a physical game, and that's the type of game that can wear you down um, and kind of tenderize the team. I was about to say as, that. Tenderize the meat. <laughs> as we've said before, um, bummer Colt's not here. He would have gotten a kick out of that. Yeah. But uh, next game, Stanford, last game, Stanford at number 13, Oregon. Stanford is is listless, maybe a way to describe them. They're just such a nondescript team. Really both of the – well, you know what? I can't, I can't include Cal in there this year. But uh, just – they're just they're so nondescript. Yeah. Uh, Tanner McKee was kind of the one exciting thing about Stanford. They have uh, they did recruit well, so there's some some exciting talent there, but it has not manifested it set itself yet on the field. Oregon's riding high right now. I, I think the Ducks are going to go on an absolute run here, and they know they're technically still in the playoff hunt. I mean, we kind of wrote them off. I wrote them off at I least after week well. one. I'm but, still sleeping. Yeah, if, if they run the table and the Pac-12 is as good as they'll we kind of think it will be, they'll be, they'll be they'll be in. And if Georgia, of course, goes undefeated, no reason to keep the Ducks out. So give me Oregon in this game over the Cardinal. And, uh, uh, yeah, no real reason to suspect an upset here. Yeah, um, Oregon by Colt, Oregon by me. Uh, I just don't see Stanford winning. But, I mean – Stanford beat Oregon last year. They did, out of nowhere, too. And it was a three-win Stanford team. So don't, like, don't entirely, don't entirely count Stanford out. Just saying. Um, That does it for our Pac-12 predictions. We've got a batch of fact or fiction here. Um, No Colt, so it'll just be me and Hayden talking. Rapid fire, too. Here we go. Fact or fiction. Despite how good they looked versus against Alabama, Steve Sarkeesian is coaching for his job this season. Fiction. I don't think not not quite yet. That was that was a not fun loss for Texas. No, <laughs> not no, fun. It was Did you not. see the video of the fan pushing the Texas player? Yes. That was he's gonna ruin field stormings for all of us. Yep. Get him banned. Um fact or fiction, Jaden Ott should be getting some Heisman buzz. Fact? Yeah? Yeah, he looks like one of the best players in the conference this year. Has anyone else ran for that much in a game this season? I don't or know, not. was it two seventy four? 274. 274. Crazy. Whew, crazy. Big numbers. Fact or fiction, uh, ESPN should stop cutting to MLB at-bats in a college football game. Yeah, fact. It's and it's distracting. I mean, I love baseball. Out. Yeah, it don't get a, me wrong. I love baseball. but um, And weren't they the commentary, too? They were they were muting the commentary, or at least that's what I heard. Yeah, they, I, were, they were like, it was just the Aaron Judge at-bat, yeah. And they, they did it in the middle of the Wake Forest Clemson game in a critical Wake Forest drive. And so Wake Forest literally scored as the at-bat was happening. And we were like, what? Did he catch it? It was Egregious. I hated it. Well, he finally got there, Aaron Judge. He did. He did. Congratulations. He did it in Canada, though. So right. literally did it in Canada. <laughs> like, not even on U.S. soil. And also, the home run ball, which would have been worth at least, like, $3 million if somebody had caught it, it went to the bullpen. And uh, there was a guy with a glove right above the bullpen, and he just missed it. So uh, <laughs> imagine $3 million being that close and just missing it. Um, fact or fiction, the group of five representative in the New Year's Six will be either Coastal Carolina or Cincinnati. Fact. Okay. Which of those two do you think is more Slight likely? edge to Coastal. 
Okay. Slide edge to Coastal. They've looked pretty good this year. I'm a McCall believer. Yes, sir. Never doubt McCall. Uh, fact or fiction, if Baylor wins out, BYU could sneak back into the playoff picture. Uh, fiction. Ah. I, I, I still have BYU as like a fringe group of five team. Okay. So I, okay. I just don't see a way that yeah. they get in. They've kind of already played all their toughest games, and I think they have a game against... It's somebody that's not good anymore. It might even be uh, Notre Dame. They have Dame. Stanford at the end of the season. Yeah. I think they're playing Notre Dame. Yeah, and Notre Dame, that's not the game they hoped it would be. Uh, fact or fiction, Mel Tucker's massive deal was a mistake. Fact. It was very reactive. It was very reactive because his name small size. was coming up in the, for the LSU job, for a bunch of other jobs. And, you know, he only had one year at Colorado, went five and seven, and then had one good year at Michigan State. Yeah. A little early, I think. I would agree. I thought I'd, it's now that they're in this spot, it's an uncomfortable spot in East Lansing. Fact or fiction, James Madison's success is raising the chances of North Dakota State moving to the FBS. I, I've i never been a North Dakota State to the FBS person, but I'll, I'll say fact, any, uh, any FCS power. I think it just shows how legit they are, and if they want to come to the Power Five, they certainly would be able to. All right, fact or fiction, Blake Anderson, head coach of Utah State, should, not should, could be fired this season. Absolutely fact. I don't, that's the biggest drop-off I've ever seen yep. on a team. Fact or fiction, every Big 12 team is a contender right now in the Big 12. Yeah, I'm going to say fact. Well, Why not? Go. Why not? Including Kansas. Can't Including take it back. Kansas. Kansas is a contender. And fact or fiction, Brian Harson can't lose to LSU. He will be fired. Fact. Auburn, right. Auburn boosters will find any excuse they can to get him out of there. I agree. That concludes fact or fiction. We'll let Michael Scott take us to our outro. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. Well, um, I'm very excited for this week, and the tone that last week set for college football, it's going to be something beautiful this weekend. I can already feel it. I'm excited. Even though I, my Sun Devils have an uphill battle, I think uh, I, I'm excited to sit down and watch some football. Hey, mantra, Any given Saturday. Mantra for the rest of the year for the Sun Devils. Why not us? Exactly. Why not, Why not? us? Let's go get it done. If that's all we got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. No Kota Madova. And with that, <laughs> we wave goodbye. Going to come back to the near side. Pick six. It's